see you here on this first Wednesday night of our new theme uh, in our year of now. And I hope somewhere around 6.15 or 6.30, if you were wondering what you should be doing, the Lord impressed upon your heart that you needed to be in church now, tonight. And if you'll do that every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, you might just find yourself having perfect attendance on the year. I don't know if we have a trophy for that, Brother Nate. You might need to get one. Perfect attendance. We did that in school, right? We have perfect attendance trophies for that, but... Good to see you. I hope you've had a great week this week, and thank the Lord for our folks that are able to make it out, and good to see some of you have been out because of sickness and a little bit of infirmity there. I have a few more that have cycled out this week. They're going to be out a little while with sickness, but thank the Lord for his goodness and his grace, and it always encourages my heart to see our people bounce back, and I'll tell you why. The longer we go when we're out of service, even if we have to be, I assure you, the devil makes greater and greater plans to utilize that against us. Brother Nate and I were talking earlier about the devil, how he's a cunning old fox, isn't he? The old phrase of give him a toehold, and it will become a foothold, and then it will become a stronghold. Never, ever underestimate the devil. You know, there's people who've walked out of our doors of our church on a Sunday morning, maybe a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, who've never returned, not because they died, but because somewhere between their last visit and their next visit, the devil got a toehold. Never underestimate the devil. He's very, very real. And you'd be surprised tonight at, uh, at what the plans are he has for you. It ought to scare us a little bit. Uh, I've told you the story many times before, but years ago, my dad, uh, we were sitting in our living room, and a, uh, a family was visiting with my dad, and I asked my dad after they left to just tell they were praying about something, earnestly praying about something. And my dad says, son, he says, never forget the devil's real. Never forget the devil's real. We all know the devil's real, right? The problem is we don't know the real devil. He's not the guy with the pitchfork. The little pointy tail sits on our shoulder. He wants to destroy you and your family and your home. And so it encourages me when our people are present for church, okay? Not just because you're here. It means a lot to see you in your place. I've told you before, one of the greatest weapons the devil uses against me while I'm preaching is empty chairs. You think pro wrestlers could make use out of an empty chair? Come on, we've all watched it before, all right? It's not real. But boy, the devil can use an empty chair. And I'm glad you're here tonight. It encourages me to see you in God's house. If you do have to be out, only be out as long as you have to be out. Because you'd be amazing what the devil could do in your life, in your heart. Uh, the longer you're gone. So that was a freebie there, okay? That was a freebie. Take your Bibles out tonight. Turn to Exodus chapter number 3. Exodus chapter number 3. And uh, tonight we're going to begin a very practical series to begin the new year. And uh, I'm very excited about it. It's going to be a Sunday night series. I told Brother Bo this afternoon, Brother Bo, I just throw curveballs at him all the time. And I said, Brother Bo, I, I need to have some graphics ready tonight. We're not going to roll this out Sunday. Felt led to roll it out tonight and try to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, what he wants said when he wants to say it. And uh, this is his pulpit, not mine. And so we try to make sure we do that and be obedient in the leading of what he wants us to preach. So this will most likely be a Sunday night series, but I felt led to start it tonight, and it's going to be very, very practical, okay? I'm not here to uh, just to give you a seminar, but I want to give you something you can use this year to put into practice in your personal life. If the Word of God never becomes practical, I promise you uh, it's not going to be very long before you get out of church and out of the will of God. You've got to begin practicing the things that come from the Word of God, and I think tonight we're going to begin something that I hope will help us all throughout the year. 
Exodus chapter 3, we know this passage well, but we're going to look at something very specific that concerns our theme tonight. Exodus 3, look at verse 1. We're about to see the call of Moses, but we're going to look at something from a different perspective tonight. And boy, it was a blessing to me. Verse 1, the Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he says, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Aren't you glad of that one? He knows our sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of, that, out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now watch verse 9 and 10. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10 is our key text tonight. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Let's pray, and let's ask the Lord to bless. Lord, I thank you tonight for your word. Thank you, Lord. You know our sorrows. You know our needs. And Lord, thank you. You love us enough to show us what they are. I pray we respond to them tonight. Help us, Lord, in this year of now, that, Lord, we would see that now is when, Lord, we will be what you've called us to be to do what you've called us to do, to go where you've called us to go, Lord, that we might fulfill your will and hear well done. Bless the needs in our church tonight, be with those that are sick. Lord, I pray that you give great grace and bless the message. Help us respond and receive it in a way that's pleasing to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, as we jump into this, like I said, this is going to be a very practical series to where we look at what my dad would call meat and potatoes, all right, where we get down to the nuts and bolts of exactly what we need to apply to our life in order to find and fulfill our now. Uh, now, I don't know about you, I was excited. Every time I've watched the video, our theme video this year, I watched it dozens of times before we showed it. It always encouraged me. It always challenged me as I watched it in the days ahead of our theme service. I've watched it several times since our theme service. And it's just exciting to think about what God wants to do with us and in us and through us right now, all right? God has a very present will in our life for right now. And so that's exciting. And the goal is for that video and for the theme to motivate us. Now, I hope you're motivated tonight, but motivation without movement is merely an emotion. Can we remember that tonight? Motivation without movement is merely an emotion. Now, I like emotion. I really do. I've told you, I'm a very emotional guy. I can cry when, uh, you know, you see something on television. I can cry about that, and I like emotion. I like watching a come-from-behind underdog story. Don't you like those uh, where the little guy who never ever thought he was going to be anything, and he becomes the professional, or he wins the gold medal? And all. I love those. What just stirs me up. But if we get motivated but never act upon what we're motivated to do, all that that was was an emotion. 
Okay, we have a ball game tomorrow night, right? A home game tomorrow night. We'll get out there and our guys will be out there playing and man, the score will be close and they're running back and forth and playing defense and man, my emotions will get all up. But after the game is over, my emotions go right back down. Now let's be careful this year not to allow a ball game and a church service to have a lot in common. So we come to the house of God and we get stirred up. Man, what an exciting theme. Look, what's my now? I've got to find my now. Man, I'm excited about all of that, but we never act upon it, okay? Uh, the desire of God is to stir us up, absolutely, but not to stir up just our emotions for the sake of a feeling. There's too much of that going on in churches all over America, isn't there? We get our emotions stirred up, and boy, we get a feeling, but we never act upon that feeling, and it ends up being fruitless. It reminds me this afternoon. It's amazing what you think about as you're preparing to preach. Uh, I love pizza, and I love good pizza, okay? I really do. Uh, I'll eat the $5 hot and ready's when, when I need to, when you're trying to cut back on the budget a little bit, uh, but I like a good brick oven, New York-style pizza. I like a little crunch on the bottom of it, but then a little chewy on the inside. I even got to where I like the white sauce. You try that at Domino's, the white sauce. You'll try it tonight when you leave here. Tell them your pastor sent you. They know me well there. I love the white sauce, you know, with some ham and some premium chicken to put on there. So I love good pizza. And I was talking to someone about pizza the other day about why this was so good. The bottom was crusty. The middle was a little bit chewy. They said, well, because it's, it's brick oven and it's cooked on a stone in the oven. I says, no, wait a minute, you're telling me that that crust that I really like is a result of a pizza stone? They said, yeah, have you ever had one? I'm like, yeah. We have like 15 of them in our kitchen. When we got married, George Foreman's and pizza stones were the gift of the year, evidently, because we got several George Foreman's, which I love, but my wife didn't because she hated having to clean all of those little grooves on the George Foreman. But we got pizza stones, and I'm thinking, look, I mean, there's a pan. Why do you need a stone? Are we just, are we just trying to be fancy here? Probably something from Europe, you know, where they cook pizzas on a stone. And I, as far as I, I don't know that if I've ever used, you may have used, I've never used our multiple pizza stones. If you ever need to borrow one, call me. We have several at our house. And I thought to myself, that's what makes them taste so good? And they said, yeah, that's what makes that crust just right. A heated pizza stone will make that crust that I, that I really enjoy. Crunchy on the bottom, chewy in the middle. And here I am, I had what I needed to get what I wanted, but I never put it into practice Okay, I love that crust, and man, that crust is what I, I crave and what I look for. I've had it all along. It's sitting there in the cabinet, but I never put it into practice. You see where we're going with this, all right? I, I'm thankful for the theme. It burns inside of here. It burns in my heart. It burns in the burden that I have for our church that we would ask, what's our now? And that we would find our now, but it's got to get beyond our heart, all right? We've got to put this into practice sooner or later, or we're like the guy. Someone said it was a tombstone of an atheist. We're all dressed up and nowhere to go. I don't want that to be our church this year. I don't want us to be excited about the theme of now. And boy, man, I tell you, we're looking for what God wants to do now. I want to see what we accomplish through the theme that God has given us. Now, what does now stand for? Remember, need, opportunity, work. I want you and I want us to find our need, to find our opportunity, and to find our work, and then put it into practice. Now, here's the wonderful news of how we can learn how to do that. Very practical. The Bible is full of examples of people who found their now. They found their need, they found their opportunity, and they found their work. Now, watch this. God is so good. 
God left us a record of how they found their need, found their opportunity, and found their work. He says, hey, I left their notes for you. I left their notes for you. And I'm going to show you how they found their now so that you'll know how to find your now. So it's not just time we agree with the theme. We all agree with it. The time is now. All right? We all agree we need to find our now. It's not just time to agree with the theme. It's time to act on the theme. So this series is going to be entitled Finding the How to Our Now. Okay? Finding the How to Our Now. Yes, I actually thought about titling this series How Now. But I knew what you would say after it every time I said it. How Now? Very good. Okay, just making sure I knew you as well as I thought that I knew you. And what we're going to do in this series is we're going to look at a lot of different biblical characters and see how they found their now. So in every message... We're going to follow someone as they find their need, their opportunity, and they're going to find their work. And we're going to see how they found it and fulfilled it, and we're going to learn from them. Now, folks, if we can't follow an example, we are hopeless. Okay? I mean, I I know that cooking is not what it used to be, but you ought to at least be able to get a box of Betty Crocker brownies and follow the instructions and come up with brownies. Okay? Cake-like or chew, it doesn't matter. Now, we have an example here. We have a recipe in the life of Moses on how he found and fulfilled his now. Now, Lord willing, as we go throughout this series, I even hope to give you an outline every time we cover a new character, one every night, that you can take home, maybe put them in a little binder so that you can refer to them. So let's look at verse 10, if we could, on how Noah, or Moses found his now and how he fulfilled it. So in chapter number 3, we see the call of Moses. He's finding his need, his opportunity, and his work. That means fulfilling God's will. Notice what the first one was. Let's look at his need in verse 10. Verse 10, the Bible says, watch this, come, and what's the next word? Now. All right? So Moses is finding his now. He's finding his need, his opportunity, and his work. Now, what did it begin with? Oh, this is very important. It begins in verse number 10 with the word come. That very first word of verse number 10 is how the will of God in the life of Moses began to be initiated, okay? you got to know what that first step is at. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. We've got to know, okay, I believe God has a will for me now. I want to find my now. Where does that begin? I'm glad you asked. It begins with that first word in verse number 10, the word come. Number one tonight. The way that Moses found his now and fulfilled his now, number one, it began with the need to come, okay? It began with the need to come. Now, remember, the need, the end, was for him, what did God say? Verse 10, to come. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Now, it's amazing how something so simple could be so crucial, Okay, it's amazing how something so simple could be so crucial. You say, what do you mean? That word come means to draw near, to draw near. Now, hear me out. Do you think for a moment tonight that Moses had any clue of what was going to happen as a result of him first drawing near? Do you think Moses ever saw the Red Sea parting in two? I don't think he saw that in his, in his wildest imagination. 
Do you think that Moses ever imagined he would see manna come down from heaven, water come out of a rock, and how God would lead his people by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night? But all of that would happen, all of that would be fulfilled when first he answered and recognized the need to do what? Simply to come. I want to tell you something tonight. I wonder what waits for Central Baptist Church I wonder what waits for you as an individual Christian tonight when we first take that step and we see the need to come. I'm not talking about just a church, okay? That ought to be a given, okay? You're sitting home in your, in your recliner at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. I just don't know why God doesn't show me what he wants to do. I can probably tell you. All right? I'm not talking about just coming to church. I'm talking about when God says draw near, we're willing to draw near. Now, if you're saved here tonight, you ought to understand and recognize the leading of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. Now, I don't always like the leading. Do you? Sometimes it's like a bit in the horse's mouth. He's pulling me, shut your mouth. Sometimes he's telling me, be nicer to your wife. Sometimes he's telling me, give them a gospel tract. Sometimes he's telling me, turn the television off and spend more time in prayer. So sometimes he says things that I don't like. But even though he says things I don't like, I still recognize when he speaks, okay? Now listen, if we're going to find and fulfill our now, our need, our opportunity, and the work God's called us to, it's going to begin just as Moses, where we follow the instructions. Look at the first two words of verse number 10. Come now. Come now. Oh, if we could just get a glimpse tonight. If we could just get a glimpse of what's on the other side of us coming when he calls. So what do you mean by that? When we read the word of God, or we spend time in prayer, or we're in a church service, and we hear the Holy Spirit say, come. And he's drawing us to him. He says, draw nearer. Draw nearer. We sing the song, draw me nearer, nearer, nearer. I think God's going to uphold his end of the bargain. He's going to draw us. But wait a minute, why aren't we finding and fulfilling our now? Why aren't we? I honestly believe it goes back to the very first step. We're getting off to a bad start because he draws us and we won't come. I mean, folks, I told you the other day, I, don't be surprised if you never get sent to Africa if he can't send you to the altar. We've got to be willing to bow a knee before an almighty God. And when he draws us, we're willing to come. And he told Moses, he says, I want you to come now. Remember this. Be assured tonight, there's going to be no finding or fulfilling the will of God in your life if you don't see the need to draw near. If you don't see the need to draw near. Now, folks, you may be walking like this with God tonight, and I hope you are. But I want you to know, a lot happens over the course of my day that puts some space there. A lot happens. Could we all agree tonight? Life happens. Life happens. I mean, the devil loves sucker punches. He's not going to tell you, hey, look, today at 9.45 in the morning, I'm going to punch you in the throat. Be ready for it. The devil doesn't give us warning. He comes out of nowhere, and he hits us. Listen, he's a coward. And all of a sudden, you find that your walk with God, I mean, one moment you're praying, man, and boy, it's just so good, your relationship with God. Next thing you know, you've got a coworker who's getting on your nerves, and you're thinking about things that's going to put you in prison. It's going to push them out the window. You know? 
They're crossing the parking lot as you're leaving the garage. And all you got to do is just tap on the gas. Oh, just a malfunction or something like that. What happened? Space got between you and God. Can I tell you tonight, you may not know yourself as well as you think you do. You know, the very same David that killed the giant also killed Uriah. What happened? Space. Space. If we're going to find our now and fulfill our now, we've got to be willing to come and draw near. When he pulls, we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Number one tonight, Moses found and fulfilled his now. Why? He saw the need to come. James 4, 8, what does the Bible say? Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Draw nigh to God. Now watch this. I was thinking about that verse tonight. I was at my house and thinking about how he puts the burden on us. He puts the burden on us. Hey, you want me to draw near to you? Everybody does. Everybody wants God to be close. Oh, Lord, be close to me during 2022. All right? We want God to be close. Can I tell you something? God wants to be close. He does. You know, you were created for fellowship with God. You were created for that. That's why God created man, Adam and Eve. He created them for fellowship with him. And it was sin that separated man from God. And God still, through all we put him through, wants to have fellowship with us. And he says, come now. Come now. And this morning, or this evening, the reason we don't have the relationship with him we should, we're not fulfilling the need, opportunity, and work. It goes to the very simple thing that we're not drawing nigh into God because he promised he would draw nigh to us. No, I wonder who's not upholding their end of the bargain. If I had Brother Bull on the piano, we'd play the Jeopardy music right now. Da, da, da. Let's think about it. You get three choices. The first two don't count. Why do not I feel God's nearness in my life? God says, not me. You know why? It's, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Now look, this is not just the theme. This should be our lifestyle. This should be our burden tonight. But it's never going to go beyond the theme and just be a motivating video and a motivating theme if we don't decide to put it into action. And the very first action is when he calls, we come. Say, God, I'm going to come now. All right? Look, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. You feel the spirit move? You don't have to wait for the piano to start playing. <laughs> I know it's Baptist tradition. We wait for that first note to hit before we come down. You don't have to wait. Hey, during the service tonight, if I don't even get to point number three and he says, hey, come, you better listen to him and quit listening to me. Get on down there. Why? He said, come. Why? I want to fulfill the need, the opportunity, and the work that God's called us to, and he's calling now. And you just get on down there. Number one, Moses found and fulfilled the will of God. He found his now. He fulfilled his now. Why? The need to come. I believe tonight when you read James 4, 8, where it says draw nigh unto God, drawing nigh unto God is the simplest way we can show him we're sincere about fulfilling his will. Don't sit there out of the will of God and then talk about how bad you want to do God's will. All right? If we really are sincere about fulfilling God's will, you know what we're going to do? We're going to show him by drawing nigh. And then what does he do in return? He draws nigh unto us. Years ago, Brother Matthews had a uh, youth uh, pastor come preach at our camp. This is before he was ever at Central Hazard. He was at Central Baton Rouge. And I forget the pastor's name. And he said something I never forgot. He quoted James 4, 8, draw nigh unto God and he'll draw nigh unto you. And he said something that I wish I had come up with. 
He says, you draw an eye into God and you take a step to God and God takes a step toward you. He said, and God's steps are way bigger than yours are. Aren't you glad? You ever get far, far away from God? And man, you're like, whew, that's an eternity to get back over there. He said, but I'm going to start today. I'm going to go to church today. Boom. You took a step toward God. He takes one of his steps toward you. He covers a lot more ground with his steps than you cover with yours. But you know where it began? With you coming now. Coming now. What is the need? The need to come. The other day, Leslie was in the back room, and she was talking to me, and I thought she was finished. Honest, okay? Honest before the Lord. I thought she was finished. Why are you laughing? I haven't even told you the punchline yet, okay? And you're already laughing. Just because some of you have gotten in trouble with that before. And so I walked off. A few minutes later, I came back down the hallway to the hall closet to get a jacket, and I heard her still talking. I realized, oh, she wasn't finished. And so I go back into the bedroom to pick up where she left off because I wanted to hear what she had to say. Now watch, watch. God speaks to us. We are the ones who wander away from him. And we get away from God over here and we're like, man, I haven't heard from God in a while. I just want to know what his will is for my life. I, I just, God, show me what your will is. He's still talking. You're not going to hear him until you draw nigh back over here to him. And you're like, oh, miracle. I hear him. I hear him. It's the back room of your life. God hasn't gone anywhere. The conversation's still going. The reason we're not hearing what his will is and knowing what his will is is because we're not drawing unto him. You draw nigh unto him. He draws nigh unto you. You hear his will. And next thing you know, you fulfill the need, the opportunity, and the work for which God left you here to do. This is why we're here. We're here from now. He's like, man, I wonder if God, God doesn't tell me something. Look, it's not because you're not good enough, because none of us are good enough. It's because we're not willing enough. We're not willing to come now. Psalm 72, 38, 73, 28, the Bible says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I put my trust in the Lord. Notice it's us drawing near to him. In 2022, can I tell you what our people need to do? We need to come now. Why don't you decide tonight? Here we are the first Wednesday night of this new theme in this new year. Why don't you decide when he knocks, I'm answering. I'm going to come now. I don't care if I'm sitting in the back of the tip top of the balcony. By the way, it's harder to come to the altar when you're up in the balcony a lot. Can we just be honest? You're, I'll promise you, if you're sitting right there in the splash zone, you're more likely to make it to the altar than the back of the balcony up there. Okay? But no matter what he calls, when he calls, I'm going to come now. Why? I want to fulfill the need, the opportunity, and the work for which I'm here and for which I draw breath. Remember the parable of the Great Supper? I'm going to hurry and give you the second point. Remember the parable of the Great Supper? Why did those men miss out? <clears throat> they missed out because they weren't good enough. They weren't talented enough. They weren't rich enough. They weren't smart enough. No. They missed out because they wouldn't come. Why is the rich man in hell? Because Jesus knocked and he wouldn't come. What are you going to miss out in 2022? Because you wouldn't come. He tugged and you knew it. You know the Holy Spirit. My wife to this day says when my mom is in a crowded church building like this, her mom can clear her throat and all of a sudden Leslie gets goosebumps. You know how moms and dads are. <clears throat> They're telling you to shut up in a nice way that doesn't make them look bad. Be still, wake up, whatever they're telling you. You know the grunts. <clears throat> you know the Holy Spirit. 
This year, if you want to find, fulfill, and finish the will of God for your life, find your now. Number one, you've got to be willing to come now. Number two, look back to verse 10. He says, come now. Come now. So the need was to come. Come now, therefore, and I will what? I love how this unfolds. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee. Now, watch the importance. Remember, we said this Sunday. The need leads to what? The opportunity, right? You got to see the need in order to find the opportunity. He says, come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Number two, notice the opportunity is to be sent. The need is to come, and the opportunity is to be sent. Now, can I tell you something I've observed in my Christian life, in my own personal life? All the time, everyone, listen, we're willing to go, but no one is willing to come. We're all willing to go, but no one is willing to come. Now, let me explain what that means. We're all like, Lord, if you told me to go here, and if you told me to go there, I would. But that's not true. Because all of us say where we're willing to go, but when he calls us to come, we're not willing to do that. No wonder he doesn't call us to go because we're not willing to come. Doesn't the Bible have a principle? I'm not mistaken. It's somewhere in the scripture about being faithful over a few things. All right? If we're faithful to come, when he calls and when he tugs and he tries to close our lips when sometimes they just need to be closed and we're willing to do that leading of the Holy Spirit, then watch what happens. We get to be sent. But if you're not willing to come and heed the leading of the Holy Spirit, don't be surprised if you don't get to go. Why? The opportunity comes after the obedience. How could God use a disobedient servant? No. Matthew 25 and 21, we know that the parable of the talents. What did he say? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Watch this. Don't miss the principle tonight, okay? Thou hast been faithful. What's faithfulness? Obedience. You were obedient to come. You were obedient in those things. Now I'm going to give you the opportunity. What was the opportunity? To be ruler over many things. You were faithful to come and be obedient. Now, watch this. I'm going to give you the opportunity to be ruler over many things. What is that? God says, I'm going to give you the opportunity. But first, you had to come in order to be sent. Matthew chapter 4, what did he say to the disciples? Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Watch, watch, okay? Look, I'm not just pulling this out of a hat. This is out of the word of God. Follow me. What is he saying? Come now. Come now. And I will make you fishers of men. He called them to come in orders that they could go. And all of us want to be a part of the going. Oh, we hear all these stories about people winning people to Christ. Two of our young ladies today won their first souls to Christ. How exciting that is. But in order to go and have those stories, you've got to be willing to come when he calls. Number two, the opportunity to be sent. I have in my, my pocket tonight a potato. It's not the potato I usually carry in my pocket, but it will do for the sake of illustration. Brother Bo, this is my praying potato. When I had COVID, Brother Bo sent me this potato in the mail. This has been, this has been at my house since mid-July. I mean, I don't know what they put in these things, but I hope these aren't the same potatoes we eat because whatever's keeping that thing fresh is probably pickling our insides, okay? And every time I walk in my kitchen, I check on it, make sure there's no flies or nothing around. It's a real potato. This thing came in the mail, and it says, praying for you. 
I told Brother Nate earlier, uh, I was moving around. I said, gosh, I got a potato in my pocket. He says, I'm not going to ask. I said, good, you'll find out here in just a few minutes. I walk by that potato and I think, I hope Brother Bo's prayers for me are still just as fresh as this potato. You know, they're hanging in there. I hope his prayers are still hanging in there, you know, with all that we've got going on. But when this came in the mail, I opened the package. It was a, uh, a gold envelope, and I'm trying to feel, you're trying to feel what it is before you open it. You know, what is this? Look, church members, sometimes you get disgruntled, pipe bombs, stuff like that. So you want to be sure before you open it. So I'm just feeling around, you know, what is, what is this? And I'm like, I said, listen, I declare it feels like a potato. You know, and I wouldn't put it past Botus in a potato, but I'm like, surely not a potato. And I open it up, sure enough, it was a potato. And I remember saying, I didn't know you could send a potato. You know, what else can you send? If you can send a potato, what else can you send? And this, this afternoon, I was getting ready to walk out the door. I walked by, and my wife was there beside me. I grabbed the potato and stuck it in my pocket. She didn't say a word either. <laughs> you know, after a while, you've been married so long, you know how weird each other are, you don't even ask questions. My husband just stuck a potato in his pocket on the way to, to church. Can't wait to hear what that's all about. But man, I thought, wow, you can send a potato. But I'm afraid tonight, a lot of us do not have that most important quality this potato has. We're not sendable. We're not sendable. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, the Holy Spirit draws us. Hey, I want to use you. I want, I want to show you what your now is. That's why we're afraid to come to an altar. Because when we get down to this altar, God's going to show us what our now is. Ooh, ooh, I don't know what my now is. So that's why we don't come. But, oh, you're missing out on the privilege of being sent. He said, well, I don't want to go to the mission field. Do you know the odds are you're not going to be called to the mission field? Okay, the odds are. Somebody's got to stay behind and pay for the missionaries to go, okay? And that just might be your part there. But he might send you across the street. He might. He might send you to your coworker. He might send you to your mom, your dad. He might send you on a bus route. Brother AJ would appreciate that a lot. He was asking today, we are talking about getting people to fill in all this, and he says, I need a few more people to work the bus. He might send you there. Look, you're not going to find and fulfill your now until you see the opportunity like Moses found to be sent. He says, come now. Why? Because I will send thee unto Pharaoh. My prayer for our church this year is that all of us would be sendable. Let's just be this wrinkly old potato. Some of you, look, we're not missing it by much already. Why don't we be like this potato? Let's be sendable. Okay, God, you want to send me to work in the nursery? I'll go. Ms. Christy, we need help in there? We need help in there. All right? I'm going to let God send me up to children's church. I'm going to let God send me out soul winning. I'm going to let God send me wherever it is. Hey, here am I. Send me. Isn't that what he said? What was the Lord looking for? Well, Isaiah 6, 8, he says, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Right now, we have no one going to the nursing homes in Hattiesburg. No one. We'll go see them and visit with them, but nobody on a regular basis they can look to. They say, man, I can't wait for those people at Central Baptist Church to come once a week or once a month to sing and to share a 30-minute devotion. Well, I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be a preacher. There's somebody who can open the Bible and tell them what the Bible says. Well, they long for that. Our girls went from the school, the whole Met class. Les and I got to drive them there a few weeks ago around Christmas time. And our girls sang to them. And you would have thought, you would have thought it was the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir showing up because those, those people came out there in their wheelchairs. Man, they're getting excited. They're just looking forward to hearing somebody sing the good old hymns of the faith. And our teenage girls did that. I wonder if there's somebody here tonight that would say, hey, God, I'll be sendable to the nursing home. Ever since I've been in Hattiesburg, I've wondered why we don't have a ministry to Camp Shelby. Good night.
people willing to go sacrifice for us and fight for us. Man, at least we could do a sacrifice some time and go share Christ with them. I was, God would send somebody to Camp Shelby. You don't have to go to Africa. Somebody could just go right down Highway 49. I believe tonight many of us don't pray about God's will because we're afraid to be sent. And yet Moses fulfilled his now. Why? Because he found the opportunity, number two, to be sent. Romans 10, 15, what does the Bible say? How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Somebody will say, I'm willing to go. All right? I'm willing to go. Now, I don't want all of you to leave the church, okay? All right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you got to find what God, where he wants you to go and be a part of the work here at Central Baptist Church. Number three, look back to verse 10, and we'll be done tonight. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, watch this come full circle. He says, I want you to come now. The need was to come. The opportunity was what? Come now, and I will send. The opportunity was to be sent. Now, let's see what the work is that thou mayest bring forth my people. Number three tonight, the reason Moses found and fulfilled his now was because he found the work was to bring, okay? He says the need was for him to come now so that he could be sent, so that he could do the work in order to bring. Now, this is why the will of God is oftentimes so difficult. It's the work we talked about on Sunday. Notice Moses had a job to do, and that was to bring to bring. This is where most of us say, okay, I'm out. You had me in the first two. I was thinking about it, but now you want me to bring. Yeah, that's part of the full circle of the will of God. You think about Andrew. Andrew's one of my heroes in scripture. When God called him, he came. He was willing to be sent. And so many times in scripture, you find Andrew. Andrew's bringing others to Christ. Oh, my prayer this year. Why don't we be an Andrew this year? All right, the Holy Spirit calls me to come. I'm going to draw near to him, and I'm going to let him send me where he wants to send me so that I can bring others to Christ. I want to tell you something. That's work. You don't believe me? Read Exodus. Read Moses trying to bring those people where God would have them to. But I'll tell you something. Ask the young people that got led to the Lord today by our young people. Do you know what I think they would tell you if you could talk to those people that got saved today? I think they would tell you, Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. And thanks for bringing me to Christ. You know, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. We hear oftentimes people say, man, Hattiesburg or whatever town you live in needs to come to Jesus. I totally agree. I was downtown earlier. There's a lot of Hattiesburg needs to come to Jesus. Why don't we decide tonight we're going to bring them to him. We're going to bring them to him. We have a campaign. We're going to mention it uh, Sunday night, a week, uh, next, uh, a week ago Sunday, or a week next Sunday. And uh, part of the theme, we have tracks being made that have a Hattiesburg theme. They have pictures from all over Hattiesburg on them. And our goal is to win our city to Christ. But we're not just going to sit out there and say, hey, you need to come to Jesus. We're going to say, hey, no, I'm here to bring you to him. I'm here to bring you to him. You remember the account the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 2 of the man who couldn't walk and his friends put him on a stretcher and they brought him to Christ. They tore off the roof. Do you know what? Look, have you ever tore off a roof? I have. Ooh. 
But one of the first things my dad taught me how to do was he taught me how to put on a roof. And here's what he said. He said, son, you never know in your ministry. Look, just because you're in ministry don't mean you get paid all the time to do it. And I want you to know how to do some work. And that one of the easiest things to do is put on a roof. Well, putting it on is, is not as bad as tearing them off. Oh, man. You know what it is? It's work. Those men had to work to bring that man to Christ. But I'll guarantee you, when they walked home with him, I'll bet you he said, hey, thanks for coming. And thanks for bringing me to Christ. Thanks for bringing me to Christ. Can I ask you tonight, are you thankful that somebody came? And thankful that somebody brought you to Christ? Yeah, oh man. Thanks for coming. And thanks for bringing me to Christ. Can I tell you, there's people tonight that are just like you who need to come to Christ. They need to come to Christ. And we're sitting back thinking, man, you just need to come to Jesus. And Jesus is like, yeah, you need to bring them. You need to bring them. Yesterday was the, uh, the seventh, so the seventh anniversary of, uh, of us planting Bayou Baptist Church in, in Louisiana. And I didn't realize, to be honest with you, and I got a text from several of the uh, members there and um, the time we were there, we had an opportunity, a lot of folks for Christ and people there are still in the church, working in the church, and the TJ's doing a spectacular job up there. And uh, I got a text yesterday, boy, and it kind of teared me up a little bit, okay? Try not to break me down in the office, but what broke me down in the office there yesterday? And one of the ladies says, hey, I just want to thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. She says, we, we thought you'd be our pastor, but uh, the Lord had other plans. She says, but I do want to thank you for coming. Now, folks, I wonder tonight, is there going to be anybody in heaven that walks up to us one day and says, hey, thanks for coming, and thanks for bringing me to Christ? That's what we're supposed to be about now. We've got to see the need to come. When he draws, hey, look, look, we've got a bad habit. When the Holy Spirit draws us, we've got a bad habit of resisting. Why don't we decide, watch this first Wednesday night of the year, that when he calls, I'm going to come now. I'm going to draw near. Why? Because I want to be sent. I want God to send me to, to someone. I want God to use me to help bring someone. All right? So we come, and then God sends us, and then we do the work. Over the AJ, I'll tell you. How many times were the AJ, you stop at a house, and somebody's supposed to be there, and they ain't there? Disappointing, isn't it? It's work to bring people to Christ. But it's a work that's worth it. It's worth it. The how to our now, how do we find the need, the opportunity, and the work? How do we do that? Well, it's simple. We come now, we're willing to be sent, and then we work to bring other people to Christ. And if we will do that all throughout this year, that need, that opportunity, and that work, you're going to look back on 2022, and you're going to see what God used you to do. And just like Moses, who saw a Red Sea part, who saw manna from heaven and water from a rock, you're going to see things you never thought you'd see, but it begins with you coming now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed tonight. We're going to stop there. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed.